Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> How the devil are we all today? Are we all good? Have we done anything exciting today? Or are we going to be doing anything exciting today? Me? I'm going back to work. Boo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> My last day of holiday was yesterday, so I just chilled, didn't do anything exciting because all I wanted to do was chill. Now, I know uh, some of you have done, been doing um, lovely day trips, which is so nice. And I know that Izzy, you went to London. London, baby. <laughs> the capital city of England and you went to Buckingham Palace well you saw Buckingham Palace and you went to the Science Museum <gasps> oh, love the Science Museum so I hope you had the best day ever and I bet you really did I bet it was the most exciting day any old how oh right so, the next two chapters, oh, not chapters, oh my goodness me, I'm going mad. The next two questions in our um, quiz are Winnie the question seven. Which character grows lots of vegetables in his garden? Ooh, well, do you know the answer to that one? I do, I do, I do. Got my hand up. Ooh, I know. <laughs> um, and question eight, the very last question of the week. What is Tigger's favourite thing to do? Oh, my goodness me. Do we know? Do we know? Do you know? Well, <laughs> um, those are the eight questions. They will be all on. Um, but let me just just get your answers into me before Saturday or by Saturday evening. And then I will reveal all the answers on Sunday morning. I bet you've known them all because I have. So if I have, then you must all know. And you know what? This is a, a quote from Winnie the Pooh, okay? And it is um, something that Christopher Robin says. And it sa he says, you're braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. That is what Christopher Robin says. And you know what? It is a good, they are good words to live by. Braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. So there you go. Anyway, anyway, who wants an impossible question? <laughs> what do you reckon? I have a question. Does yellow look the same to me as it does to you? 
Well, that's a bit of a difficult one, isn't it? Because we can't see how each other sees the colour yellow or any other colour for that matter. So, but we all agree that bananas are yellow, yes, and oranges are orange. But what if the colour that I see when I look at a banana is actually the colour you see when you look at an orange or a pear? Are we really seeing the same thing? Or have we just learned to call different colours by the same name? Wow, that's a bit of a mind-blowing um, wonder, isn't it? So it's impossible to know for certain, as I say, because we'll never be able to look through someone else's eyes. But we have found some clues that people do see colours differently. So the average person has eyes that can detect three different types of light, red, green and blue light. Okay, so these colours can be combined in different ways to make millions of other colours. Most people's eyes can detect about a million different combinations, but it's our brains that make sense of this, this information to decide what colours we're seeing. And it turns out that it's pretty easy to trick your brain. Wow. So one person can see the same colour very differently, depending on which other colours are nearby or even how he or she is feeling. What? This means that different people probably do see colours differently. I'm going to have to really get to this and, and try and um, work this one out. I'm going to have to try and investigate this further. So it means that different people probably do see different colours differently, but... Does it matter? No matter how we see a banana, what colour it is, it still tastes just as good. But I'm going to put a picture on Facebook, OK, and it's a picture of um, a, lots of circles, lots of balls. Um, a, and it says they're all yellow when they are crisscrossed by different coloured lines, our brains get confused and see them as different colours. So I'm going to put this on Facebook so that you can see exactly what I mean. So when we say that people see things or see colours differently, you'll be able to see this is exactly what I mean. Wow. And it is. It's totally amazing. So anyway, there you go. That is today's impossible question. <laughs> so how about fun fact? There was a little bit about a banana in that one, wasn't there? And today's 
fun fact, is actually about bananas and humans. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So we have, um, who knows what DNA is? DNA is the material that makes you, you. Okay, it determines a lot of things about you, such as the colour of your eyes, the colour of blood you have, or the type of blood you have, sorry, the shape of your face, the curliness of your hair. Your DNA even determines whether or not you can roll your tongue and some other strange things too, like whether you enjoy the taste of coriander or whether, like me, you think it tastes of soap. <laughs> so, being that your DNA makes you you, how much of your DNA do you share with a banana? Hmm. So, we are going to say A, none. B, 25%, C, 50%, or D, all of it, bananas are our first fruit cousins. <laughs> and did you know that the average human has over 30 trillion cells in their body? So anyway, your DNA sits inside every cell of your body where it makes up your genes. These are not to be confused with the blue skinny things that your big sister wears on the weekends. <laughs> Those are her genes, J-E-A-N-S. Genes is G-E-N-E -E, and it's a set of instructions containing the information your body needs in order to make a particular type of protein. Eh, just like a recipe contains all the information you need to bake a chocolate cake. Mm. <laughs> so like other humans, you have a full set of more than 20,000 genes inside every cell of your body. And each set contain, consists of enough recipes to make every protein your body could possibly need. Cheese. This means that just one of your tiny cells could tell us pretty much everything about you, even a cell in your little toe. Wow. But the clever thing is that cell knows where it is. And so inside it, only the genes with instructions relevant to little toes are switched on. While the rest of the genes, such as ones relevant to hearts or eyeballs, are all switched off. How amazing is our body? Your genes all work together with your environment to make you who you are. For example, your genes might give you naturally blonde hair. But you might decide to dye it brown or purple. Similarly, you might have the sort of genes that could make you grow six feet tall. But if you don't get enough healthy food to eat when you're young, you may not quite make it. Or your genes might give you a brain that naturally learns best in a certain way, such as by reading about things or by writing. 
them down. But the more you study or try out new stuff, the more your brain will learn and improve. Just like a muscle, your brain gets stronger the more you use it. So, you inherit your DNA from your biological parents. In other words, the parents who produced the egg and the sperm cells that made the embryo that eventually turned into a baby you. These might not necessarily be the parents who are bringing you up, though. So, this means that half of the DNA in each of your cells originally came from your biological parents. And that's why you probably look quite a bit like anyone else who also came from the same biological parents as you, like your full or half brothers or sisters, your siblings. However, even full siblings don't look quite the same as each other, and that's because each sibling has a slightly different, random combination of DNA from each of their parents. So, while your sister's DNA will certainly be more similar to your DNA than to the DNA of, say, you know, that annoying lady in the supermarket, there'll still be lots of differences between you. In fact, everyone's DNA is totally unique. That's how the police can use the DNA left behind at the scene of a crime found in a stray hair, a spot of blood or even a fingernail to identify someone. Wowzers. So, all right, clever clogs, not everyone's DNA is totally unique. Identical twins have exactly the same DNA as one another because they were made from the same original sperm and egg cell. When the embryo started to develop in the womb, in, inside the mummy, it split in half, leaving two identical embryos, which eventually made two identical babies. So that means that the only differences between identical twins are the things that are influenced by their environment, such as what they eat, what they read, what they learn and how they are treated. This is why identical twins might have quite different personalities or interests and might be good at different subjects at school. But their DNA remains identical. So if you happen to have an identical twin and you want to commit a crime, shh, you could easily trick the police into thinking your twin did it. But please don't tell them I told you to do that. Shh. <laughs> anyway, what's all this got to do with bananas? Well, as I said earlier, you inherited your genes from your biological parents and they inherited their genes from their biological parents, your grandparents, and your grandparents inherited their genes from their biological parents, your great-grandparents, and so on and so on. This means that you will have some of the same genes as your great-great-great-grandparents 
and so will approximately 1,000 other people on the planet who have the same great-great-great-grandparents as you. This bunch of people are actually your fourth cousins, although it's pretty unlikely that you even know many of them. But you all share a common ancestor and therefore also share some genes. But if we go just two generations further back than that, not only do you have some of the same genes as your great-great-great-great-great-grandparents, who were probably your age around 200 years ago. But so do a whopping 174,000 of your sixth cousins. Oh my goodness. Good thing you don't need to invite them all round for a family dinner or remember their birthdays. <gasps> Whoa. Now, if we were to keep going back hundreds of thousands of years, we could probably trace some of your DNA back to your early human ancestors. In fact, it's likely that around three to four million years ago, there lived a human-like creature that carried some of your genes and was a common ancestor to you and to every other human alive today. So, on some level, we are all related. <gasps> wow. Oh, this is getting kind of silly now, but if we went back about 500 million years through your ape-like ancestors and beyond we would probably come across one of your earliest ancestors, a glorious primeval worm. <laughs> it is thought that this rather strange-looking hmm, grandparent of yours and mine that was no bigger than a grain of rice is likely to have been the common ancestor not just to all humans and apes, but also to all modern animals. This means that cute kittens and boring old beetles, along with everything in between, are probably your hundredth millionth cousins. Oh dear. But let's go back even further to 1.6 billion years ago. Take a deep breath, we're nearly there now. <laughs> Around this time, there lived an organism that was a common ancestor to all modern animals and plants. Yep, an ancestor that gave rise not just to humans, monkeys, killer whales, butterflies and hummingbirds, but also to oak trees, daffodils, banana trees and bananas. This means that your great, 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 oh, and an awful lot more greats, grandparents were the same as those of a, wait for it, banana. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's call this ancient creature a planimal. Don't try and find that in a dictionary. I just made it up. Now, as our planimal ancestors reproduced, 
their descendants began to separate into different groups or kingdoms. As this happened, some key differences evolved between the kingdoms. So new versions of genes appeared that helped species to be better adapted to their surroundings so they were more likely to survive. Clever. This is what's known as evolution. For example, plants evolved to be able to trap light using a green pigment called chlorophyll so that they could use its energy to make sugar through photosynthesis. And we've already talked about how important that is for their survival. On the other hand, animals evolved to be able to walk or swim or fly, but were unable to make their own sugar, so they had to rely on plants for food. That's why plants are usually green, but animals don't tend to be. Oh, OK, except parrots and grasshoppers. And oh, OK, fine, but you get my point. <laughs> However, although plants and animals evolved to have many different genes, they also kept hold of a lot of the same genes from their common planimal ancestor. But why? Well, it might not have occurred to you, but although humans are obviously quite different to plants in many ways, humans and plants do actually have some important similarities. For example, like all plants, humans and animals are made up of cells. Therefore, you and plants, including your bendy banana buddies, need genes that carry the basic instructions for how to build these cells. You and plants also need genes that tell you how to grow, how to produce energy, how to become yellow, okay that bit's not true, and even how to make babies. The bottom line is that whilst you might look pretty different to your fruity yellow cousins, you might be surprised to know that about half of your DNA is the same. <sighs> wow! And if human genes are that similar to those of our legless, bendy friends, just how similar must we be to creatures who not only have legs like ours, but also have hearts and eyes and ears too? Yep, pretty similar. Humans share around 60% of our DNA with both flies and chickens. 70% with worms and slugs, 80% with cows, 90% with cats and a whopping great 99% with our closest living non-human relatives, chimpanzees. <sighs> wow, it's worth remembering that when we scratch beneath the surface our DNA is actually 99.9% .9 identical to that of all other humans, even though we don't look alike. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so whilst we might all be pretty much the same when it comes to our genes, what makes us all different is the choices we make 
and the way we live our lives. Although we can't choose our genes, we can choose to make good decisions. So the answer is C. You share 50% of your DNA with a burner. Wow, that is pretty weird, isn't it? Not only that, but fancy being related to absolutely everybody. I mean, that means I have so much family. I knew I had a big family. Oh, excuse me. I knew I had a big family, but jeepers, didn't know I had that big a family, the whole world. I really hope I don't have to invite everybody's to my next birthday party. Oh, I'm going to need a bigger, bigger, bigger place to have a party. <laughs> anyway, oh my goodness me, that is amazing. So, um, now you know that you've got family all over the place. Not only human family, but worms and dogs and all sorts of things <laughs> anyway what day is it today it is thursday and it is national peach cobbler day <gasps> Ooh, i quite like peaches so i would quite like that um national make lunch count day so um, make lunch count. Well, I'm going to have sandwiches today with garlic, sausage and cucumber. Mm. My, my lunch is going to count today. <laughs> and it's also National Scrabble Day. So I love the game of Scrabble. I play a game called Words with Friends on um online and it's like Scrabble and you you play different people and I play people from all over the world. Um, so the I play people in Australia, America, Brazil, um, all, all, all over. Um, but I love playing Scrabble. So it's a good day for me. Scrabble day. Anyway, what shall we read today shall we read chapter 13 of daisy and the trouble with kittens because i am dying to see where these kittens are so if you remember she had to go and fetch the frisbee because she threw it too hard and it disappeared over the gate so off she trotted Ooh, and harrison went with her Chapter 13. The moment I saw the kittens, I knew this was going to be my best holiday ever. Harrison said he saw them first because he was the one first one to go through the gate in the fence. But he definitely didn't see them first. He saw the frisbee first, but it was me who saw the kittens. They were curled up under a bush beside some big metal dustbins. The dustbins were really smelly and had Spanish flies bossing all around them. 
But I didn't care. I only cared about the kittens. There were five. A grey one, a grey and white one, a black one, a black and white one, and a ginger one. Oh, and there was a mummy one. The mummy one was kind of tabby coloured with a white tip on her tail. She was really skinny and at first when she saw me she looked a bit scared. But when she realised I could do Spanish cat talk, she was all right. The trouble with Spanish cat talk is only me and the Spanish cats and kittens can understand it. Harrison didn't understand it and neither did Jojo when we showed her the kittens the next day. Spanish cat talk is a mixture of sign language and squeaks. You either know how to do it or you don't. Which was a shame for Harrison and Jojo because they didn't know how to do it. But then Harrison and Jojo aren't as good with animals as I am. Which is why it was better if I was more in charge of the kittens than them. Even if Harrison was older than me. Harrison said he definitely understood why the kittens had made their nest under a bush beside the dustbins. He said dustbins were full of things to eat and so being next to one would mean they could get food always any time they wanted it. Which isn't true because the trouble with Spanish dustbins is kittens can't get the lids off. Neither can mummy cats because the lids are too heavy and high up which is probably why the kittens looked so skinny too, especially the littlest black one. I was the first one to touch her. She was so cute. I was a bit nervous at first in case the mummy cat tried to scratch me, but after I'd squeaked to explain that I was only going to be kind to her kittens and that later on I would come back and give them some food, she let me crouch down beside the bush, put my hand in and stroke them. She even let me pick up one of her kittens. Ah, oh, the trouble with picking up a Spanish kitten is other people always want to have a hold too. I'd only had the black one in the palm of my hand for about ten seconds before Harrison said it was his turn to hold him now. Oh, so I had to let him, otherwise it wouldn't have been fair. Harrison said he thought he might have suddenly found the powers to speak Spanish cat talk, but he definitely hadn't. Harrison's squeaks didn't sound like Spanish cat language at all. <sighs> they sounded more like Russian hamster language, if you ask me. Oh, but I didn't tell him, because that wouldn't have been very fair either, or kind. So at first I only got a little hold of the black kitten, and no holds of the other kittens at all. Because before I could reach under the bush to get another one... Angelo came out of the back door of the pool bar and found us over by the dustbins. Angelo is my favourite Spanish waiter in the world. 
He was really nice and friendly to us all the time we were on holiday. But the first time he met us, he said children weren't allowed around the dustbins and we would get told off if he didn't ask us to leave, which I don't think was true either. If you ask me, the reason he wanted us to go back to the pool had nothing to do with the dustbins. If you ask me, Angelo just wanted us to go so we could smoke a cigarette without anyone seeing. I'm definite about it, actually, because I saw him hide a cigarette behind his back when he saw us. Plus, when he asked us our names, there was smoke coming up from over his shoulder. The trouble with smoking cigarettes is that they can kill you. Whatever language you smoke them in, they can kill you deader than dead. Cigarettes have got bad stuff inside them that can clog up your whole body and stop you breathing. And they can turn your teeth yellow. And yeah, my mum says that my granddad, who died before I was born, used to smoke and the front of his hair went really yellow and then he got a smoking disease and he died. Like my dad, except my dad didn't die of smoke or cigarettes. He died of a car crash when I was little, but I don't remember. I've never remembered. I hardly remember anything about when I was little. I will remember never ever to smoke though. Not in English or Spanish or any language, which is why I had to tell Angelo off. When Angelo found out Harrison and I had seen his cigarette, he dropped it on the ground and squashed the smoke out of it with the heel of his shoe. Then he promised us he would never ever smoke a cigarette again. So we decided we liked him and he decided to like us. It was Angelo who told us that the Spanish word for never ever was no way, Jose. And that the Spanish word for kittens was gatitos. It was Angelo who told us that the kittens were about 10 weeks old and that they had actually been born under the actual bush besides the actual dustbins. It was Angelo who told us that he didn't know where the daddy cat was and that Spanish daddy cats weren't very good at looking after kittens. And it was Angelo who told us to keep the kittens a secret when we went back to the pool to play with our friends. He said that if lots of children found out there were kittens behind the fence, then they would all want to see them and stroke them and pick them up and everything. And then he would end up with lots of children around the dustbins which meant he really would get into trouble. Plus, the mummy cat might not like it, which meant he would have to lock the gate in the fence for good, which meant we wouldn't be able to open it, which meant we would never see the kittens again, never ever. So Harrison and me decided there and then, when we got back to the pool with the frisbee, the five little Spanish gatitos behind the fence would be our five little secrets. 
we wouldn't tell absolutely anyone about the cute little gatitos at all, except for Jojo and my mum. Ooh, well now, that was chapter 13. So, maybe tomorrow we'll read chapter 14, or maybe we'll just read a totally different book. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, we are going to um, go and get ready for work. Oh, oh, oh. Um, and um, maybe we'll read Daisy next chapter tomorrow. You'll just have to come back tomorrow and see, won't you? <laughs> Um, so don't forget the two questions or the two last questions in this week's quiz are number seven, which character grows lots of vegetables in his garden? And number eight, what is Tigger's favourite thing to do? Ooh, and I know the answer to both. <laughs> Because it's a Winnie the Pooh and I know everything about Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> so, um, you all have the best day and I will see you all again tomorrow. So, make sure you take care and stay safe. And come back and join me tomorrow. Bye for now.